Good evening, everybody. Um, hope you'll bear with me. I'm a wee bit nervous. Just uh, pass the remarks. Um, can I first of all thank Bertie for asking me to give him a testimony here tonight. He cornered me in Dungannon Park meeting one night, so I didn't really have any other choice. But uh, it's not my will or Bertie's will that I'm here standing here tonight, but it's God's will. And it's God's will that you're here tonight as well. So if you don't mind, we'll just open a wee word of prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, just thank you that we can stand here tonight, Lord. Just ask that you'll take the nerves from me, Lord, and that you'll be with me. I just pray that whatever I say will be in glory to you, Lord, and that um, in some way, shape, or form, whatever I say here tonight, Lord, will bring somebody to you, Lord. And just pray and ask all these things in your name. Amen. Hey, I'll just start off by reading one verse at the moment. It's found in Psalm chapter 66. If you have your Bible with you, you can flick to it. Psalm chapter 66 and verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. For those that don't know me, my name's Kyle Silvey. I'm 27, and I'm the youngest of a family of four boys. Uh, I live in Market Hill at the minute, but I'm originally from just outside Katy. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but in my younger years, we would have gone to the Presbyterian Church in Katy, and we were also sent along to Sunday school, as well as a Friday night meeting, which was called Sunshine Corner, which I still remember a lot from, such as the courses on our need to be saved. I went on through the motions through primary school and secondary school. Primary school especially, we'd moved house a couple of times, so the going to church tradition sort of quit. But there's other things on, such as church clubs and boys brigade and things like that, where I still heard Bible stories and we need a salvation. As with most people, secondary school is when changes start to happen and you start to experience what the world has to offer. Um, when I was around 11 or 12, I joined a local flute band, which I really enjoyed, and I've been involved in the lot until it quit. I'm not saying the band was, a bad, was the problem or a bad influence, but I used it to be the bad influence. I had Christian friends within it, but I always ran with the crowd rather than the minority. With me being younger and running about with an older crowd, I was able to get into the bars or wherever we were, and next thing you're in the thick of it and what the world had to offer. Even beyond the band then, this just became an every weekend occurrence. Running to Bombridge, Bridge, down, or wherever the crowd was going, and I thought nothing different of it, and was never stopped by anyone, so that's how I lived my life. Running out of these places from when I was 15 or 16, and many know the saying that sin will take you farther than you ever want to go, and unfortunately I experienced that several times. Many a night I didn't know how I got home, and that's not something I'm proud of. But circumstances as they were in my life, with my mother and father separated, and, and the way the thing was, had no one telling me any different, so I just lived as, my life as it pleased. During that same time, it would have been my last couple of years of high school, and that's where I met Naomi. Naomi knew what I was like, and I knew what Naomi was like. I was a bit of a loose cannon, maybe not a great reputation, and I knew Naomi was different. She wasn't running about at the weekend like I was, and like that, and I knew she was a Christian. I've only now six or seven pages, it's all right. Now, even though it wasn't how it should have been, Naomi must have seen something in me, and we started to go out anyway. As I maybe got a wee bit more serious in the relationship, and when high school was ended, Naomi would have been asking me to go to things like the upper room in RMA or a social, and 
all these things, all these things, and I just point blank refused. She kept on at me anyway, and then next thing it was come to church on a Sunday night. So she persisted on till I had no choice, only to give in. And I says, right, sure, I'll go this Sunday night just to please her. So Naomi and Catherine landed to lift me at the house, and I had the suit on and the Sunday school Bible on the arm, and I thought, sure, I'll go here, and nobody know any different. And uh, where did we end up? Only the lifeboat, where I stand tonight. And I remember a good part of the meeting, and a few familiar faces here as well. I don't remember the exact date, but I know it was around sort of the end of January, start of February 2012. It was a few months before tent mission out at the Bond. I remember it very well with Bertie and George McConnell. Well, I was sitting about halfway down here on the right-hand side, and uh, David Legg was preaching here. I don't remember the topic or anything like that, but something along the lines of being said, if, uh, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, and I felt like the only one sitting in the church. I felt something that I never felt before, and I know now it was conviction. Conviction of my sin and the way I'd been living, and well, after that, I just couldn't wait to get out. And anybody knows Catherine, she was talking away, and I couldn't get out quick enough. And uh, I thought, well, everybody knows rightly I'm not a Christian here, so I just had to get home. And even though I had this experience or encounter with God, I still lived my life as usual, out home with all hours, Sunday spent hungover, but something started to change. The conviction came back, and I started to think, is this what life is really all about? So the next weekend out, I decided to drive and not take any drink. And I went to a place in Portadown where I went most weekends. And as the night went on and I was looking around me, I just remember seeing what was going on and saying, you know, if this is the way it goes on and the way I go on, then something has to change. So I started to question Naomi a bit more about this Christian life and what it was all about. And as this played over my mind a few weeks, I came home one night from work, got down by my bed, I prayed a very simple prayer that Naomi had told me. <clears throat> come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Now, there's no flashing lights or anything like that, but there's a peace that I never felt before. And there's a weight lifted off my shoulders. But as everybody here knows, you're no longer saving to the devil acts. And I started to think, how am I going to tell my brothers? And how am I going to tell my friends? But that's what the devil does, you know, he just drives you down. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough, like in the band and all the things, I did have Christian friends. So we were able to adjust quite well to avoid and going out. And, but your, your desire for them things all left. And that's how, that's how God can change your life. And even though my friends would have been asking, sure, come on out this weekend, you didn't have the desire anymore. And you could say, you know, so you think to yourself, well, what now? So I started to go to church in Market Hill in the mornings. On a Sunday evening, would have went along to Naomi's church, or would have been here, right, but as well, and different missions and youth nights and stuff around the country. And everyone seemed to be going as it should. Now, some people think when you're a Christian, that's it. Your problems and trials are over. But uh, <clears throat> from 2007 to around the time I got saved, my father wouldn't have been very well. And between having a leg amputated and in and out of hospital and all the things, and then more recently in the early part of 2012, Dad took a stroke and it left it that he was either in and out of cure or had cures coming into the house. And life was hard and it wasn't something that I'd ever thought would happen to me. And you see your dad ill, it's very hard to deal with. 
I was a tech at the time doing an electrical apprenticeship and myself and my three brothers would get calls many a day from the hospital or nursing home to say, look, it's not good. I'm not sure if your dad will make it through the day. Now, as a 16 or 17 year old, that wasn't too easy. But you had the soldier on <coughs> on the... I remember it like yesterday, it was the 1st of June 2012 and we were called to the hospital on. They wanted the eldest brother home from England, so it wouldn't be good. And uh, the doctors come in, done their checks, and they said, about 12 o'clock, that'll be it. And I couldn't believe this. Like, I couldn't get my head around it at all. Um, not far off 12 o'clock, he stood beside my dad as he passed away. And uh, you do question things, you question your faith. You wonder how this can happen, and I don't know how else I would have got through it, only from a recent faith in God. Now, we are fortunate at the time, the minister we had in Market Hill was very good to us and to Da, and he would have visited Daddy regular and told him his need of salvation, and I'm forever grateful for that, and I hope and pray that someday we'll meet again in heaven. Now, circumstances as the work. I ended up living in Monte after my dad passed away and as a 17 year old I just had to grow up very quickly <clears throat> and realised what the importance of life now was in many days it wasn't easy but I'm thankful for the people I had in my life especially my brothers and Naomi and also for the godly influence on Catherine had me had me in the early days of being a Christian <clears throat> but time moved on and still a fresh Christian as such you wonder what else he can do and when I started to pray that if God had something for me to do then he'd make it known to me and around that time Hal and Kahana got me a new Bible and on the inside covered red Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths and that's exactly what he done for me. God makes no mistakes. And well, the prayer was answered, without realising it, I'd groped into the children's meeting in Naomi's church. And I'd done it up until COVID from 2012. And the children probably didn't realise it, but I was learning more than them about preparing the story. So it was good and I enjoyed it and it helped me a lot. Now that's how time went on, through the motions, trying your best to keep motivated in the Christian walk. Make Christian friends, which are very fortunate to have, and try and live the life as best you can in the image of God. Skipping on a few years then, me and Naomi got engaged in June 2017. We got married in August 2019. And since then, we've been blessed with two children, Lydia in November 2020 and Reuben this year, in June this year, and what a blessing they've been to us and our families. And that's where we're starting our most recent story to now. With COVID, like a lot here, we found churches closed and we ended up coming here on Sunday morning. Now, I'll be the first one to admit that I found it very hard to move on to another church. So I prayed to the Lord to show me what to do. And it was the week of meetings that Eric Stewart had been doing here. And uh, I come along the Friday night with Naomi. And um, it was just like the first night I'd been here all over again. i just come over this conviction over me and... I realised that this was the place for us and we're here ever since. 
Now, there's a lot of believers here tonight know it can be easy to fall by the wayside, and I've done it many a time, and I've thanked the, let the Lord down. But I thank God for a forgiven Father that will bring us back to Him. And lately, especially, I felt like I've done that. I've got too busy. But please, believer, don't be too busy for God like I was. I was too busy for God, and it was my own fault. And I wasn't praying as often as I should have, or having my own quiet times of God as I should have. On one Wednesday night in the prayer meeting in here, I could hold it in no longer. And I cried on to God to bring me closer to him. And I thank God that he does answer prayer. And he continually shows the blessings that you've been given. And I'm thankful I can stand here tonight and have a testimony to give. Now just as a finish, believer, if you're here tonight and you're feeling backslidden or downhearted, then come back to him. We read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And he will do that for you if you ask him to. And if you're in here tonight and you're not saved and you're living in the world like I was or the convictions hit you tonight like it did with me, believe me when I say that the world is nothing to offer. I've slid back into it many a time and it brings no delight. No delight like the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ does and definitely no peace. So please, if you're not saved here tonight, look at what the Lord has done for me. And I just finished with a verse that everybody will know whether you're saved or not. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I wonder will you be the whosoever to believe it tonight? And will you say the wee prayer that I did? Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen.